Welcome to Potadelphia. <laughs> My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am here with two guys who have not been approved to wear the headbands. What's up, Chuck and <laughs> Uh, hey Dave, it's Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zilak, and you can find me at Producer Gene. And just so everyone knows, I do have the hair to rock a headband. So You do. Yeah, I would agree you, with that. I would agree with uh, that. Of the three of us, you do have the white guy afro. So, I mean, you could you could pick that out and, yeah. and make that work for you. Totally rules. <laughs> see we found something positive to talk about today yeah let's get into it it was dallas week uh and and before the game started before before the week even got started we got Camus gruje hill making some comments uh some some billboard material da- dallas always chokes we're gonna go down there and make them choke what do, what do you think? I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, but oh, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you know that we we lost <laughs> we lost yesterday to the Cowboys. Um, but what did you make of these comments? Like in the moment, I I dug it. I it, it was nice to see that competitive fire. I like them calling out. I like them calling out Dallas after the last loss to them. You know, just saying. You know, Dallas can't get it done. We're defending Super Bowl champs. They're chokers. We're going to go down there and make them choke. It it gave me optimism, gave me hope. It psyched me up for the week. I liked it at the time. And I, I don't give a shit now, but I liked it at the time. <laughs> I don't buy it. Like that billboard, like that bulletin board material kind of thing. If Dallas needed that to get themselves up for this game, it sounds to me like Dallas needed an IV to get themselves up for this game from what I was reading in, in the pregame that they had some sort of flu bug that went through the uh, through the, the locker room. But I, I'll tell you, like, there is nobody. Flu blood? Flu... Is that a new show on CBS? <laughs> yeah. Flu Bloods? Flu, <laughs> flu Bloods. <laughs> it's like vampires starring Tom like Selleck. one of the other Wahlberg flu brothers. Blood. Oh wait! So, so we had one of you going with True Blood, the other one going with Blue Blood. <laughs> yes. I, I'd get down for that crossover. <laughs> a True Blood Blue Blood crossover? Yeah. All right. Tom Selleck is a vampire cop. <laughs> <laughs> one show incredibly popular with conservatives, the other one incredibly popular with liberals. I have fangs, and so does my mustache. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm with you, Chuck. I dug it. I think that it kind of shifted pressure uh, during the week. Like, um, you know, now you have to respond in the game. And I don't think the Cowboys in general, and I'm thinking specifically of Dak Prescott and the Clapper, are very good <laughs> in high-pressure situations. Um, but – yeah, fuck it. We lost. I mean, I, so, I just, I, it, there's just generally nobody in, in the Dallas, like on that, you say what you want, because what are they going to do? You know what I mean? Obviously, they won the game, but like, there's nobody out there that I feel like is going to out, out, out talk us, <laughs> frankly. Well, I mean, I think Amari Cooper, obviously, is someone who seemed to rise to the occasion uh, today, but uh, 
let's get well aside from that the Camus Grugier Hill like him making the comments specifically is a little weird since uh you know there was a lot of like wait who is he um coming from coming from Dallas and I actually heard our secondary referred to this week as the legion of whom uh which is actually pretty funny that's hilarious yeah (laughs) I don't think uh Bubsy and uh Matt LeBlanc uh were too you know thought thought too kindly of that joke the guy that the guy who plays joey was on in the secondary yeah isn't that matt leblanc and we have a guy named matt leblanc playing yeah but i don't think he was on friends and bubsy like the the video game uh cat <laughs> i was debating making that reference but thought like no one would know like that 16 bit oh everyone knows that game's terrible <laughs> we should have what we should have done is got that guy that was in the paul abdul video he had way better moves well, you know what? <laughs> what was his name? Um, Chuck, you're going to know who it is, right? No, what? I don't. The, it's like, the, it's like DJ yeah, Cool Cat or something like that. Yeah, something that's like what that. I was thinking, yeah. yes. Yeah. God damn, we now have to look this up. I'm like Arsenio Hall. Anyway, um, you know, when, it, when Sunday comes around, uh, it's special during, during football season, Sundays. And I like to, you know, have some friends and family come over, uh, cook, maybe get some wings, put a pot of chili on. And we all settle in to watch our favorite referees. <laughs> I get the Sunday ticket so I can watch my favorite referees, even when they're out of market. Uh, and it annoys the shit out of me when these prima donna athletes try to steal the spotlight from my favorite referees. But today, my refs shine through. <laughs> like a like a lighthouse in the fog. They really they were the standout stars of this game, the I, refs. I was in the playoffs of my fantasy referee league and it was I cleaned up actually. <laughs> I had the line judge in this game and it was yeah. <laughs> Now, I mean, come on. This is ridiculous with this stuff. So we got – let's start with the opening kickoff. Oh, yeah. Please. Also, it was MC Scat Cat. MC Scat Cat, which is like – Very German. Scat yeah, very German. <laughs> Scatological <laughs> implications? No. Like, <laughs> how are we getting – no, like scat. Like like the, the, the jazz. Oh, the, the, like beep, do bop, bop. Yes, yes. <laughs> I didn't say like like hair Scheiser cat. I said MC Scat Cat, like Scatman Crothers. Like got it. Okay, got let's it. talk about old Scatman Crothers. Okay, <laughs> opening kickoff. I mean, we're first off missing it is. I mean, I'm incredulous. How do you not even see that that's a fumble? I mean, it's pretty clear as day. Yeah, because they didn't call it a fumble in the field, right? Right, right, exactly. And then to say that we didn't recover it, I mean, when you have Dean Blandino on Twitter who hangs out on party buses with the Dallas Cowboys saying that that was a bad call, you had um, – who's the who's – the Wasn't wasn't player? he like – there was somebody – I guess the guy in – who is the guy that they, they go to in, in New York? I don't like, know. It's like the – they they have they have a guy that they always throw it to like hey s- such and such idiot who used to be a, a a referee or something you're the 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 guy who's the expert in the I forget the guy's name but 
he was like right away was like well if if there's only uh eagles around the ball then they you know that has to be a clean recovery and there were only right. like there, the, every replay whoever, i saw there were only eagles around the ball yeah it's whoever the fox um i don't know rules expert is yeah former days. dean of officiating you know their equivalent of carrie frazier but yeah, it's mike Pereira. There Thank you. Go. There you go. So Mike, Mike Pereira. Pereira said it was, uh, you know, it, it should be Eagles ball. Dean Blandino's on Twitter saying it should be Eagles ball. Bill freaking Simmons is on Twitter saying this is a terrible call. Well, if Bill I, Simmons said it, then it must be true. <laughs> we'll talk about his Patriots later today. Also. <laughs> um, no, but it was a terrible call. I, it was. I, I, how? How? How can that be Cowboys ball? Like there was there were what? Like four Eagles like on the pile and like one cowboy like adjacent to it how on earth like you never know what the hell happens at the bottom of scrum it's really the person who comes up with it like out of that that scrum that they give the ball to which Hill came yes. up with right it. he did yeah and and it wasn't like oh he, he the the someone recovered it they were down and he just won it in the scrum which never seems to be a problem that just seems to be how it works out but it was only eagles in the scrum like how the hell was that not a turnover it's like the it's like the referees got together and were talking like wait wait no no the cowboys are supposed to get the ball first right no that like we can't let the eagles have the ball first like that's how the the coin toss said we have to let the cowboys have well they deferred and like that's we can't i don't the referees were very confused on the entire situation i think as soon as i uh as soon as that happened i i just text the guys like the fix is in um, so Malcolm Jenkins had some comments after the game about it. Did you I love that. I I saw that there were some. I but it was right before the show. I didn't get a chance to listen to him or read them. But I I love that he commented. So, so the, quote, the quote was that was a pretty terrible call. They reviewed it, and the explanation I got was that it wasn't a clear recovery. Although Camus had the ball in his hand. And there were only Eagles defenders on the ball in replay. So whoever's watching that in New York should stay off the bottle. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, Hill said, they just said the video didn't show me getting up actually with the ball, but it was clear I had the ball. So I don't understand. It was all green jerseys. It was all green jerseys. Uh <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to harp on this, but like it set such the tone for the rest of the half. Like it was like immediately sucking any sense of momentum or energy away from us. This was the kind of thing that we needed to have happen right away. We had to go in and make a play, and we did. And the refs were like, "Na na 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 na." Yeah, I mean, you forced the three and out anyway, but it it you know obviously you don't have that field position that you had. Even if they gained no yards, even if they lost 10 yards on that possession, you're still kicking a field goal there. Um, And, you know, those three points turned out to be very huge. So, I mean, you got to play the game under protest, right? Like that ever does anything for anyone? I would have. (laughs) If we had gone in and, like, like sent the protest in at halftime, then we wouldn't have had the other bad calls that affected this game later in the game. Yeah, so the the it's not like, I mean, it's the, not like other, the officiating got better. Well, I mean, the other super egregious call was the Dallas Goddard pass offensive pass interference 
uh, on a 90-yard touchdown reception, um, immediately responding to Amari Cooper's 90-yard touchdown reception. I mean, what? what I mean, what did they see there? Well, and then they, I mean, like, to be completely fair in terms of how bad these referees were, they then started just giving us penalties to try to make up for it. Like, they just called a penalty, like, on the next four plays in a row just to, like, kind of be like, oh, our bad, we missed one. So here's here's some extra penalties. Yeah. I mean, because right after – well, so let's talk about that pass, the offensive pass interference. So, I mean, Goddard's making a cut. And there's a defender in his way, and he uses a swim move to get past him. But it's inside just... five yards, and it's barely uh, like there's uh, there's there's contact, but it's not it's not dirty. Well, they're calling it offensive pass interference. So by the definition of pass interference, the ball had to be in the air, right? Right. You have to be interfering with the with the with the Otherwise, pass. Otherwise, it would be I don't know. The offense would be what like illegal use of hands or something like right. that. Right. It's definitely not the right call, and he doesn't impede the defender from doing anything. Yeah, I just don't understand that one at all. Right, and then uh, I don't know how they got because the usually that... when you see an offensive pass interference, it's it's like a hold to prevent a a, a defender from making an interception. Um, yeah, generally speaking, or if you see like the illegal hands, it's usually because it's a hands to the face. Like if the def- if the the tight end or the wide receiver is coming off the line and puts his hands up too high, and it's around the face mask, you'll see them call that. But well, I also think an offensive pass interference is while the ball's in the air, like a push-off. Sure, yeah, but this was not that. Well, definitely not. And then I don't know who gives the word that says you need to start making makeup calls because the next play, Wentz is sacked. I mean, a pretty innocuous sack. He's just kind of wrapped up around the ankles. But they call play downfield. They call it penalty. No, they call, that was pass interference. Right. I mean, um, not, that was uh, roughing the passer. Oh, that one was roughing the passer. They. I thought there was another play in that set of like three plays that followed the, the the touchdown that got called back, where they called like a, like a defensive hold or something that was downfield that I didn't think was, was actually a. Yeah, a hold. I mean, we scored a touchdown on the drive anyway, but. All the time it took to do that. Right. It took us three and a half minutes to get down the field. Yeah. I mean, we would have had time at the end. I mean, if everything played out the way it did, we would have had time at the end of the game to possibly drive for to try to kick a field goal to end it. Well, it changes everything because then, you know, there could be in the amount of time that was there, there might have been two possessions. Maybe maybe Dallas goes three and out. Maybe Dallas scores. The whole thing becomes very different um, if you if you if that if the the long touchdown is is legal it it's tough to play that sort of what if game but in this case like there was so much time it changes the entire how the whole end of the game plays out it's it's crazy well and that goes back to the bad officiating in general it you know they became a factor in the game you know they weren't keeping the game clean they weren't you know they weren't you know calling it to the letter of the law they were making shit up they were they were actively affecting the outcome in their poor performance. You know, I think we we've talked about, um, you know, the, the rise of, you know, more penalties being called and how it's really ticky tacky where it's like, okay, fine. I guess if you want to call that a hold, that's a hold. I guess if you want to call that pass interference, pass interference this week was like, I don't even know. I don't even know. Sure. Fine. Throw a flag. I don't care. Are you ever in a meeting at work? And someone asks you a question, and you're like, I have no idea. I wasn't paying any attention. 
<laughs> <laughs> that was most of my life in college. I think we had I think we had some instances of that. I think uh, you know one of our friends uh, mentioned on on the text that on the Nelson Aguilar catch uh, on the one yard line, the side judge there was was like looking around for help if he should call something when it's right. obviously he's the one that needs to make the call. Right. I just thought that was hilarious. It's like oh oh. Oh, it's my turn. Right. Oh, I had nothing. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I'm sorry. I gotta admit, I had a really good Mario Run game going on my phone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh uh, man, Candy Crush, I'm killing it right here. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> let's just uh, let's just eat the shit burger right now. You want to just like dive right in? Yeah. Shit burger, no bun. <clears throat> want to diet? The season's over. Right. I mean, yeah. I know we're mathematically uh, in it for maybe like a wild card spot, but like lots of like really cool things need to happen, including us beating really good teams down the stretch. Yeah, we'd have to win out, first of all, not happening because um, I think we lose next week and I think it's not even close because the Rams still have stuff to play for. And yeah, they, they don't have home a, field locked up. They yet. score a lot of points and they need home field. They do not want to go to New Orleans. So they've got stuff to play for. So I, I see them. They're going to throw that ball all over us. Like, they may have to only play for a half because they're going to put up so many points on us. Right. So today, Dak Prescott, who we'll talk about Dak in a minute, but Dak Prescott, of all friggin' people, throws for 450 yards and three touchdowns. The Cowboys have about 575 total yards in offense. Amari Cooper has 10 receptions, 217 yards, and three touchdowns. And Dallas had 45 minutes of possession to our 23 minutes in this game. And that is the most important stat. Of all those numbers, the most important thing, the the reason we lost this game is because how many seven-minute drives did we give up? Seven-minute plus. I, at least yeah, four. I know there was an eight-minute drive in overtime. And, and I I sat in this very seat a week ago and said, we need to win the time of possession battle in this game in order to win. And we didn't even come close. Like, the offense needed to carry the day today, and they did not. And the reason the defense looked so bad was because the offense was so bad. The offense could not stay on the field. And if you think Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott and Amari Cooper tore you up, wait till next week. Wait till you get Todd Gurley. Yeah, Todd Gurley is a like Zeke Elliott is a is a power back, but Todd Gurley has got about fifteen different ways he can beat you. He may throw for a couple touchdowns just to show off. <laughs> I mean, in a game where your season is on the line, like this is it. You got to lay it all out. I think you said uh, last week, Gene, like if we lose this game, we got to take three people out with us. I mean, it was pretty pretty gutless uh, showing from the offense in the first half. Who is designing this offensive, like this offense? Like there were so many, especially in the first half, there were so many calls in important on important downs where I'm going – who are you trying like who are you trying to fool? Oh what is God, what is the fourth and two? Jeez, what is what, what are these that? play calls? There was a third and three that they tried to play to throw a uh, an option. An option? 
there's a reason why they don't run the option in the NFL. It don't work. Chuck, you're, you're chomping at the bit there. Yeah, I was, but now I'm just pissed off about the play calling. <laughs> um, which uh, it, we were outclassed by Dallas. Like I, I don't even know. Oh, well, that was gonna be my point. If we somehow managed to win this game, it would have been the the better team lost today. We we didn't deserve to be tied going into overtime. That first half was atrocious. The offense was saved by the defense. Like yeah, but, I mean, all- you could say, couldn't you say that Dallas doesn't deserve to be tied with three turnovers and, uh, you know, miss field goal. And they had lots of opportunities too. I mean, look at the end of the day, the NFC East winner is not winning the Super Bowl. No, they're not the winning NFC a game. East winner is not playoffs. winning even a playoff game. I mean, maybe, maybe we get through wildcard weekend, but I mean, the, the winner of this division is not going far. And to be honest, with the schedule that we have in front of us, I didn't expect if the Eagles won this game for the Eagles to be making the playoffs. I only cared about beating Dallas this week. That was going to make my whole season. I just wanted to be like, that's it. Like I've said this before, we can go two and six, like two and 14. If those two wins are against Dallas, like I like, this is the thing that counts for me. This is the, this is, I hate them. You're going to, you're going to end the seat. We're going to end the season seven and nine. And our wins are going to be Atlanta on a weird game to open the season that you didn't feel good about the Colts at home. Okay. That right now is our signature win of the the entire season. (laughs) The Jaguars. And we almost lost that. A shitty Giants team twice. A shitty Redskins team twice. That that's that's it. That, those are your wins. Did I miss somebody? I missed one one win, didn't I? Whatever. Yeah, it, yeah. it was so it's a con- inconsequential. I didn't remember it. But that that's it. That's your season. We what? I mean, and none of them you felt good afterwards. No. Maybe the Colts game. You're like, oh, Wentz is back. You look ugly, but Wentz is back. This was my Super Bowl this year. That's all we have. At, at any point, did you actually think that they might bench Wentz in this game? No. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think it either. No, but I mean, come on, dude. Like, after the I, I, I was the line, pretty, I was bro. pretty ticked after the after the fumble again because that was in a bad spot. And we've said on this podcast, he's good for one a game. Well, his numbers are better this year than they were last year. Yeah, well, the one number that counts is not. Exactly. Wins. That first half by our offense, and I, I was saying this before, the defense was responsible for so much of that comeback in that game. Those were some clutch turnovers. You know, you know it gave the, they gave the offense short field, and... You know, then we finally were rolling, but we just blew a first half. We just we did nothing. We did nothing. It was pathetic. Um, and, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that was it. I, I'm I'm not promising I'm being coherent this evening. <laughs> I'm just uh, uh, aggravated. Um, who do you hate the most on the Cowboys? Oh, there's so many choices, so many options. I have we're, I have some nominees. 
Oh, well, let's let's talk. Let's talk through this, and then we'll we'll pick a winner at the end. So, Dak Prescott. Do you hate Dak Prescott? I hate when he does well enough. Generally, I like the fact that he's not as good as Cowboys fans think he is. So I get some joy from Dak Prescott. Well, so, I think Cowboy fans love Dak after they win, and then after they lose, they're like, Dak sucks. Yeah, when in reality, he just kind of sucks across the board. Um, so I, I don't hate him, but I, I certainly root against him very hard. I mean, he threw for – how does a quarterback who throws for 400 – or what did he throw for? Uh, yeah, 450 yards on us today. And I come away from the game going, that's a terrible quarterback. <laughs> because he makes I've, so many, like, unforced errors. Like, And he has got to have the worst deep ball in the league. Like, he's got to have the worst deep ball in the league. He misses everybody. He you, cannot he, he hit a, the broad side of a, of a barn that's 20 yards downfield. You, know, you know when the court – you see – because the, the camera's on the quarterback when he drops back. And then he he, he hauls it, right? And, and, and the ball goes up in the air, and you're like, oh, my gosh this is going to be bad because you know, his eyes were like saucers and just, you know, he's going for it and he goes, and then you pull back and like, Oh my gosh, he's got two steps on, on, on Bubsy and, and Matt LeBlanc is, is trailing. And, and then the ball is overthrown by 10 yards. Like, how did you miss that guy? That happened like four times. Today. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, so one it could have been f- even worse. There was one in the fourth quarter that was like, that's why Ryan Fitzpatrick carved us up because, man, we love to leave guys open downfield. Like, I don't understand why people are not taking shots on us first down every series. Like, I don't understand why that's just not I like know. it's, well, it's, it's first down. It's first down, deep ball, try to go for 40. Deshaun Jackson would tell you to do it. Um, and the touchdown pass that, to win the game was so bad. Ugh. It had to be deflected by Rasul Douglas to right. actually reach the receiver. And thank, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I've been the the vibe I've getting is that people are not putting that one on Douglas and they shouldn't. No, I mean, no, no, no. Douglas pretty much had maybe the best game Bad of his career. No, but, no. Yeah, but and he I feel like he made the right play. It's it's such a fluke weird thing he shouldn't have been in that position and for god's sake the defense was on the field for eight minutes in overtime even if we had gotten the ball back what the hell were we going to do look the year you win the super bowl you get all the bounces i mean and when you the year you don't you don't get all the bounces so like whatever it was just a fluky thing i what i will say and if you want your silver lining from this game here's your silver lining we get our sundays back I'll give you another silver line, a football related silver lining. The Cowboys are going to wind up signing Dak Prescott to a 100 plus million dollar multi year contract. Yep. And they're going to make the playoffs. So they're not going to fire Garrett either. Yeah. So congratulations. You're like the pre processed Sixers. (laughs) <laughs> you're yeah. not bad enough to tear it all down, but you're not good either. Nope. So they'll sign Amari Cooper too. Is he a free, actually a free agent? That's the uh, only yeah. smart thing I think they've done in a while. Like that guy actually seems like he can play. And if you want to say who won the trade, the 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 Amari Cooper Golden Tate trade, I think it's pretty clear who won that trade. Well, Dallas may have still lost that trade, even as good as Amari Cooper is, because I still think they overpaid. 
Yeah, I mean, the the question is, would you waste? You know, would you if Amari Cooper was in the draft this year, would you draft them in the first round? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a sure thing. So I mean, you know, whatever. I don't know. It will be nice not have to see Dallas pick in the in the uh, in the draft in the first round. I I only like to see them pick in the first round if we can jump ahead of them and take their tight end. <laughs> and that was so great when I thought he had a touchdown. Um, so who else do we hate? I don't necessarily think we hate Dak. I think we like the fact that Dak's in Dallas. It's the same way I kind of feel about Eli. I I don't like Eli, but I'm glad he's playing for the Giants. Um, okay, well here I got a number one seed for you, Zeke Elliott. Oh, I hate that dude. I hate yeah, that. Dude. Hate him. <laughs> I think. So I think it starts. The only people that like Zeke Elliott are Dallas fans. Nobody else, like no other fans in the league, like him. It's not like. You know, there are people that like Russell Wilson. There are people that like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Lots of people that like Aaron Rodgers. The only people that like Zeke Elliott are uh, Dallas Cowboys fans and assholes that play fantasy football that drafted him ahead of Todd Gurley. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. So it starts off with him being just a horrible human, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. And it, and it, and second on that list is the feed me uh, gesture gesture right yeah and uh, and i'm gonna get a little irritated at you dave you brought that up a few times on this show and i think i had noticed it in the past but it didn't really bother me now anytime i see it i'm just like oh it pisses me off like i just it didn't register before but now i can't stand it. i loathe it i would go sean payton and put a bounty out on him Throwing my game. Like, I'm not a – I don't like seeing players get injured, but if something bad happened to Zeke, I'd be all right with it. <laughs> I mean, most controversial I thing was, I've said. I was kind of like – that's that's karma right there. When he lowered his head and and tried to – who who was trying to make that tackle? Sidney Jones? Yeah. Sidney Glass Jones. Sidney Glass Jaw Jones. Was when, he was when he was trying to uh, – you know, and then he ended up going off for the uh, concussion protocol. I was like, see, that serves you right. You go in there with you. Well, you with, go low to tackle him, yeah, and then he goes like extra low to I don't know, like you know, like crunch the. the it, I don't know what he was trying to do there, but he ends up hurting himself, kind of. I guess I was I was hoping he was going to go out of the be out of the game. It was like fouling out or something. <laughs> I mean, I thought he was going to have some kind of concussion because the guy runs so violently. Um, but God, I, I really. I mean, you know, part of it is he's really good, right? I mean, that's – and that's like the last piece of it. Well, the other thing that pisses me off about him is how Jerry Jones kind of like pushes aside all the other crap about him and is like – like he's like, you know, holds him up to be a model citizen and, you know, Jerry Jones is a scumbag too. Well, let's move to Jerry Jones then, uh, number three on the list. Number three on the list, number one in the hatred of my heart. I think <laughs> I think he's the person I most associate with Dallas, and I oh I just hate him. I he's just the the leather skin, the <laughs> the you know, cigarette teeth and just the uh, the oily smile. He's just He's just sickening. You like, <laughs> I I I'd punch him in the face. I, I swear I would. It's it, it and just everything in that you know Texas drawl of you know 
like smiling while he's defending his reprehensible team. Like, oh, who's been arrested this week? Well, it's like, oh, they're all good boys, they're all good players, and you know, uh, oh, I hate them. It's For just... someone who's willing to sacrifice so much, like integrity, to just win. Um, he certainly gets in the way of winning quite a bit. Yeah, well, he's that owner that like has to be hands on, but doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And I mean, he's GM, right? He's GM. Of yeah, the yeah. Like, that's that's like taking your money and like flushing it down the toilet. You know, if you really love your team, yeah. pick a better GM. The exactly. Thing, the thing that drives me crazy is he's like a cartoon villain. Like he's probably very mean to orphans, <laughs> and like when the team goes to like. Um, children's hospitals. Like he was like, I don't want to touch the sick ones. Like, don't put me near the sick children. Have you, you guys? Did you guys see the new the the new Muppet movie reboot? The, the Muppets. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like Chris Cooper, like uh, <laughs> Mr. Rich Richmond. Is that his name? Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Anyway, <laughs> all right. You guys see it. it's good. Uh, <laughs> I had some other guys on the list here. I had Amari Cooper and like Colt Beasley because Colt Be- whenever Colt Beasley makes a play, it's like really annoying to me. Um, but I mean, I guess Zach, I mean, Zach, Dak, Zeke and, and Jerry Jones would be like the three candidates. The only other one would be would be Jason Garrett, just because I feel like how is this guy who clearly doesn't have any idea what he's doing continue to like fumble and and bump his way into a continued no, They need career. to give him like a 20 year extension. Just make him coach <laughs> for life. That's the thing is you want some of these boobs to stay in Dallas because that makes it that makes them more likely to be incompetent because yeah, there's don't nothing change the thing. There's nothing I want more than like I don't want Dallas to ever be good. It's not like, you know, sometimes I I really want a rival that's you know like equal to to you, you know, you want that to kind of like sh- sharpen each other's medals against each other. No. I want Dallas to always be bad and I want to beat them by 40 points every single time. It would yeah, never this, get old. But this but like this season, you may have to tolerate a season like this to just keep them incompetent. Yeah, and because and, if they're really bad all the time, then they're going to change stuff. And I'm hoping understand. that the positive for me out of this is that it reignites the true rage in this fan base for this god awful franchise. Like, if there's nothing that can't make you hate them again, like this loss that where they've ended your your defending Super Bowl season in such a p- pathetic way, like if this doesn't make you hate them again, I don't, I don't, I can't help you. Like, I cannot help you. So who you got? Who who's your who's your most hated uh, cowboy? Current cowboy. Well, I already gave mine. Mine is Jerry Jones. Here's Jerry Jones. Yeah, I'm Gene. Zeke. I hate Zeke. Yeah, I, I'm. With, I, I think I'm with Zeke too. Like I can't stand that dude. Yeah, so. I don't. I don't like him. I don't like any of them. No, I know. I, 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 I Yeah, but Jerry would be number two for me, for sure. I'd still hate Zeke if he played in another uniform. Dak, it's like really not his fault. <laughs> um, all right, next question: If you could change one event in this game to help the Eagles win, what would you have? What would you choose? Uh, would you correctly award the opening kickoff turnover to the Eagles? Um, would you make all of our point after attempts? Um. Or would you prefer us to do anything competent in the first half on offense? I th- those those okay. are all good choices, Dave. I think that if you award that turnover correctly, 
maybe you see momentum swing in the you know the Eagles when they had the short field seemed to be able to move the ball. I don't know. You well, you, goddamn! What if he did all three? But yeah, holy shit! You get a get a get a turnover that you actually got awarded to you. Actually, show some competence on offense, and make goddamn point after attempts. Those are pretty what basic been, things. We at least would have, you know. I mean, we would have won easily. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's crazy. This game is crazy. Yeah, uh, the, Elliot, uh, the the comical. Oh, he's good. You know, he he sucks. You know, under thirty feet, but is clutch. You know, over fifty. That was that was funny when we were winning Super Bowls. <laughs> now, the <laughs> missing the extra points. I, I think they said this was his first missed extra point this year. Is that correct? I don't, I don't know. That's but that he is correct. the short field goals as well. It's uh, for, it's for what, overall, I'm fine. With it's Jake kickers, Elliott. man. It's kickers. Like it's what are you gonna do? Like it's not like there's one out there that's so much better. Yeah, look, whatever. It should have never come down to that anyway, but I don't know. The, 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 we should be better on offense, although let me throw this out. Of all of the, the things that have happened over the course of the season, what do you think was our biggest loss? Like, I feel like having Jay Ajayi go down as early as he did and being lost for the season and not really figuring out who is going to be the running back to lean on? Uh, I feel like that was a huge, huge mistake by Howie. Like, he has very little... I'm not saying you needed to go and make a deal for uh, an A-plus running back, but they needed to get a guy in here who you could be a workhorse running back and not be so goddamn one-dimensional. I mean, when you look around our division... And you're playing Zeke Elliott twice. You're going to be playing uh, Barkley twice. And you got Adrian Peterson. Um, I mean, you know, albeit at the in the twilight of his career, uh, you definitely outclass in your own division and running back. And it's a glaring, glaring weakness that we don't have a running game. Well, I, I feel like you you wanted to go out and make a move. You went out and got Golden Tate, who they never really figured out how to use. Because uh, I think that he's a talented guy. I just don't know that he gave us anything. Like, he didn't do anything to, to put this team over any kind of a hump. There had to have been a move if you're going to give up a second-round pick to get a, a running back off of somebody's roster that would have helped this team. Yeah, I know. Were we even talking? I don't even think we were talking running back when, when the trade deadline came. I mean, everybody was talking about that goofball in Pittsburgh, but like, no, oh, yeah, that yeah. was not really a thing. Like, I think people also were saying Lashawn McCoy. I think that Buffalo was asking. Oh, like, yeah, a, you're I think right, Buffalo you're right. was asking a first round pick. But there were had to have been other options. If you made some phone calls other places, there had to have been a guy somewhere that you could have you could have jarred loose. So where do we go from here? I mean, we're 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 gonna go one and two down the stretch uh, and finish seven and nine, you know, in all likelihood, um, you know, what's our future? We're, obviously we're saying that we need a running back, you know, is the secondary like actually okay? I think they could use it. They need depth. I think they could, they could go and get another, another guy because I mean, is Sidney Jones 
going to not be fragile? Is he is he a starting quarterback in the in the league? But do we have all these guys next year? I mean, Jenkins, McLeod. Jenkins, I think, has still got another year under contract, uh, but he's another year older, and he's got Darby, a lot of mileage on him. These guys come back Darby has injuries. was on a three year deal. This was year two, um, so I think some of them are still in Jaylen place. Mills. Jalen Mills can go if he wants. I don't care. We could probably upgrade that. Yeah, Man. I mean, the thing is. We, what we know is that cornerbacks, good cornerbacks, don't just grow on trees. You have to kind of cultivate them, and we have literally missed, like, basically on every at Brandy every opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have we don't have any kind of track record with bringing cornerbacks through the system. The bigger problem, I think, is at the top of the defensive food chain. Jim, Jim Schwartz can go, as far as I'm concerned. We need to come in and re-evaluate the entire philosophy defensively. And I wouldn't have said that after yeah. the Super Bowl. He was he was the guy I was most worried about getting a job. I should have been worried about Frank Wright going to Indianapolis. That's what I should have been worried about. Well, and I, I admittedly, I I walked away um, from the TV. Did did we do another sticks defense situation to allow Dallas to kick that field goal at the end of the first half? We we were we were playing back. I don't know if we were quite. As far back as sometimes we, we, you know, we we take just four up front and give them fifteen yards. But I think it was like the four up front. I think they they left a linebacker in, and then everybody else was basically back at the line. Oh my god! But I don't understand that at all. And I mean that that is that is such playing out of a place of fear that it drives me. How long was that field? Was that a sixty-three yarder? It was sixty-three yarder. Yeah, it it broke some record. It was the Dallas record. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised it didn't hit the freaking scoreboard like the punt. <laughs> I was just thinking of that. Do we have a punt that hit the roof or something? Like we that? had a, a punt yeah. that hit that giant 60-yard. And they were saying that if the guy didn't field it, like that they should have re-kicked it. Like by rule, if it goes off of the scoreboard, then the play is dead and it should have been re-kicked. But they fielded it and Dallas didn't challenge or whatever. Is there a reason that stadium's a dome? I guess it's because it's hot in Dallas. It's certainly not because of the rain, right? Okay, so, um, <laughs> so next week's the uh, the Texans. Next week is, is no the Rams? the Rams. It's the Rams, the Texans, then in um, L.A. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's another yeah, prime time. That game. makes sense. advantage for us. But. That makes sense because we went there last year, so we go there again this year, right? It's only fair. Yep. After you go to London, play the Saints. Where? Where do we play the Saints? New Orleans. Yeah. Where Dallas play the Saints? In Dallas. Right, of course. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so we're going mean, to talk about that game next I week. mean, Dallas has got a couple of signature wins, which drives me freaking bonkers. Like, Dude, we beat the Colts, man. That's true. We, we beat, beat the, the Colts. Let's go on. So let's talk about the Sixers. <laughs> Get your headbands on. <laughs> the headband bros. I love this. I love the headband bros. You down on the headbands? Headbands? Yeah, I, I love it too. I think um that we talked about last week. I think we were ahead of the story. Yeah. We were we were covering it pretty early on. Yeah, now we're gonna be late when we talk about the rules here. <laughs> but I still want to talk about it because they're fun. Yeah. And it goes with the team being fun. Yeah, this the fact that this is something that's silly but enjoyable and you know, it just gives it the team personality and makes them fun to root for. It makes them fun to watch. 
Yeah, I feel like Ben Simmons is always involved in some like weird stuff. So like last season, he was like he was part of the raise the cat. Yeah, wasn't he kind of he was kind of in that? Yeah, started it. Yeah. Um. So the the rules of the headband brothers. Um, rule number one: Simmons makes the decisions uh, whether to wear headbands or not. So we had headbands then we played the raptors we had headbands now we played uh the pistons only ben was wearing a headband yeah only ben jimmy did not wear the headband but jimmy had just gotten a fresh cut so i think he was probably trying to show it off which rolls into rule number two only headband guys are involved in bets oh that's actually kind of my favorite part is that that means that there is like of like a like a true like get together culture of of inter squad gambling. Yes. Yeah, so and and I, I guess it's because as we're watching the game, those people that are wearing headbands are involved in it. You can kind of say, okay, I'm gonna watch their stat lines. What I want is for them to post at the beginning of the game, like what bets are in effect for a given game. So like we know whether we're looking for assists or steals or blocks or whatever. Like I want to be able to play along. Yeah, is this uh, is this kind of behavior allowed? Well, we don't know what the stakes are. Like and, it could be, it could be like not cash money, although it probably is. And You're I mean, right. hockey. This is pretty common. It's called putting money on the board. Yeah, you know, I don't know yeah. if you guys heard of like somebody has a big game up. You know, they'll put a hundred dollars on the board, a thousand dollars, and it goes to you know, yearly functions, you know, for parties or whatever the case may be. So, you know, it's more or less betting on yourself. There's like no real. Kitty? Like a kitty? Yeah, you never heard that? Put like it in a, a community kitty? pot, like a community, like a, like free parking in Monopoly. I, I've heard of free parking. Yeah, well, like <laughs> but I've never if you play that rule where all of the, the taxes or whatever, you pay that to the kitty, to the free parking, to the middle of the board. Oh. Yeah, never heard so that like, terminology. We use the we'll use the swear jar to uh, buy a dinner for everybody, like that yeah. kind of thing. Sure, yes, yeah, but that's you know it goes for their functions, their events, their their whatevers. Uh, that's when they put money on the board, and they're kind of like just betting on themselves. Sorry, I'm looking up. Uh, why do why do we say put money in the kitty? <laughs> and the explanation seems to be rather long so i won't read it <laughs> i was figuring it was going to be whether or not the cat was dead or alive in the box <laughs> schrodinger's gambler um okay all right great 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 um the rule number three uh is uh bets are decided on collaboratively so that's nice yep. we'll just force you to put up five large for something you don't really necessarily want to bet so can we establish who are the headband guys is it just ben and jimmy and joel well it i don't know right now so since this has started i feel like, like I've are you a headband seen... guy even if you're not wearing a headband no i think you have to wear the headband. you have to wear the rule number four rule number four is headbands raise the stakes if you wear a headband you have to do something special or pay more I just think like if you're wearing the headband, you're making a statement. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it. Like I'm gonna have a triple double tonight. Well, it seems like it's defensive minded. Ah, well, I like that too. 
Yeah, I made my son wear a headband in his game this week to raise the stakes. <laughs> I wanted him to like elevate his game. Right. Get a couple How more did that steals. Work out? It, yeah, better game this week. Nice. He did. I didn't mean to he put was, you on the spot on recording. <laughs> Dave, break down your son's game. Go. He was more uh, more physical on the boards, so real happy about that. Um, rule number five, J.J. Reddick is not allowed to be part of the group. Now, why is that rule? Like, why is he not in, in the headband group? It seems like you would want to include J.J. He's the, he's the grand, uh, the, the, the old man of the team. Um, well, uh, then, uh, Jimmy was asked... So if if JJ wore a headband, he could be part of the group. And Jimmy responded, "JJ knows he cannot wear a headband." <laughs> what does this mean? What do we? What, I mean, what, I assume that means why? JJ knows why. Like, yeah, it seems like it. JJ knows he cannot wear a headband. Does it just Is not it because, look good on him? Well, that's that was question number one. Like, like they they he, would be embarrassed have... if like the white guy comes out with a headband. I mean, is that what they're saying? Yeah, like JJ knows he can't pull off a headband. Like right. maybe JJ put on one of uh, Jared Bayless's leftover headbands, and they said, "Nah, like take that off. You look ridiculous. You know you can't wear a headband." Or like you know that it... that's my head cannon is that this all started because a box of Jared. Like they were all standing around after practice one day, and a box like fell out of the locker, and when it opened up, like a light was shining out of it. Like, Whoa. you know, like you're seeing <laughs> like a janitor was like opening the closet oh. like clark griswold hey jimmy just, butler look uh, i found these uh these here headbands you want to wear one <laughs> and hence the legend of the headband began so it could be that or it could be i don't know jj's just sort of like on the outs with these guys as far as the inside jokes or maybe you JJ, know, like, like JJ's like humorless, like maybe he, because I thought yeah, like, like one, one of the first bets was a bet between Jimmy and, and JJ about steals. Well, it was bet you, bet you won't call game, but I, mean, I don't know if it was an actual, it wasn't like a wager. Oh, right. Um, but it, I, I'm kind of relating it to me at work with my, you know, millennial uh, coworkers. Like I'm just not in on all the jokes. Sometimes you'll some walk it. by their desk and they just all stop talking when you're near. Yeah, or or when a girl comes in with like, I don't know, ten little doll hands that she's like putting on her fingers. I, I don't get it. Do you work in a horror film? <laughs> <laughs> you have women showing up with like small hands and doll parts. They're like doll hands that fit over your finger. To make a little hand on your finger. Yeah, I used to get those at the roller rink and pretend I was Freddy Krueger. That's why I'm. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> I've also seen it sold little, little hands for your little hand fingers. This is just getting too meta. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> JJ's not allowed to wear a headband. And number six. Neither are we apparently. <laughs> and number six. This may be the most important. You have to petition to join the club. Yeah, this is the most important. And the the rules are that you have to email Ben Simmons or Jimmy Butler between 10.05 a.m. and 10.07 a.m. Um, with a request to be part of the, the Headband Bros group. Um, Jimmy says, we may answer, we may not answer. If we don't answer, that means hell no. That means hell no. Uh, Could also mean they didn't check like their email. Game day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be game day. It's got to be game day. 
And who do you think has been? Who do you think keeps trying to get in? Like, if you're think about the rest of the squad, it's Corkmoss, right? And he's the one that's always being told no. Or is it Wilson Chandler? Shake Milton. Shake Milton. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would like to see uh, Wilson Chandler um, get in on this because he's looking like a dog defensively. Yeah. No. He needs. He needs some help. He needs something to. The corpse of Wilson Chandler. Yeah. So out spe- there on the perimeter. Before we get off the Sixers, let me let me just bring up something that has le- the last two days has been driving me crazy. Because if you listen, and I always know that things are totally hooey if it leads on like NBC 10's sports thing. And tonight, bef- you know, when they were promoting promoting during the Eagles game, they'd be like, uh, or uh, maybe it was Fox's 10 o'clock news. It must have been Fox's 10 o'clock news because it was during the Eagles game. Uh, Joel Embiid is unhappy with Jimmy Butler's, uh, the way he has to play. He's exhausted. He's unhappy with the way Jimmy Butler is being used. Uh, film at 11 or film at 10. That's, it's crap. Like, that's not at all, if you listen to the context of the interview that they're taking all this from, that's not what Joel was saying. He wasn't saying he was unhappy with Jimmy Butler as a teammate. He was just basically saying that his role on the team is is changing and that he's having a, a little trouble adjusting to what the way they were playing before Butler got there to the way they are now. It has nothing to do with him not liking Jimmy Butler or wanting him to be on the team, which is what all of these local news programs are trying to like state. See, I think th- and that's I think that's sparked from Keith Pompey. And I'm really disappointed because that's very like Marcus Hayes esque of him to just take the laziest narrative you could possibly take. Because yeah, if you listen to like all of his comments, Embiid also said, "It's on me. I need to work on my game. Like I can't let this happen." And that like, <laughs> there's there. I think we're we're trying to um, project something with that narrative that's not really even there and if you look at this team this is a team that's eight and 18 and nine they're, they're in the third seed but team but behind uh, it n- aren't they in yeah the we're ahead we're we're well are we're we ahead of ball? we're, we're, we're ahead, ahead of the, the bucks now well either way we're going to be right there and the the, the buck the bucks and the raptors are somewhat considered in the they're like in the top three of the nba it's a like golden state toronto you know what i mean like this we're in a good spot here we're we're and the the idea that this team is chem like the chemistry is off, it's just the eyeball test doesn't pass like it doesn't pass the eyeball test doesn't pass the sniff test to me because since Butler has been there, I feel like there are so many other teams in the NBA. If you brought that guy into that situation, they would have a total meltdown. And this team is one of the few places where he could have come in and actually feel like he's he's flourishing. And I mean, he's basically himself won us three games at this point. Yeah, I, he's great. He's the best teammate ever. Long live the best teammate era. He's he's super fun, and uh, I don't know. I really like him. And they're my favorite team that's still playing right now. Really enjoying Jimmy Butler. <laughs> uh, were you disheartened by the Raptors' loss? I, I was a little disheartened. They don't play well on the road. I still feel like... They are trying to get out from underneath of this horrible schedule that is, they've started the year with, and that um, 
you know, come the end of January when they've started to have more rest built into this into the schedule. Uh, I would like to see them then. They hung with the Raptors for a while. The Raptors are a very good, very deep team. Um, I I cannot wait to see us against them in a playoff series. That is that is becoming the thing that I'm most looking forward to. It used to be the the, the Celtics. I don't know what to think of the Celtics at this point. Um, I can't wait to see them play them on Christmas. I'll tell you that. That's what I'm looking forward to most that day. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I was disheartened, but I was not, I wasn't like devastated. We had a weird, we had a weird lineup in the third quarter that featured like, uh, Korkmaz, TJ, um, Muscala, um, and some other people that are not Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid is, he is, he's physically, you can see it the last probably a week and a half. He's just, he needs some downtime. He's just gassed. I just think Brett needs to watch, just watch it a little bit, letting some of these, like, I don't know you call them role players, <laughs> guys off the bench, um, soak up, like, massive minutes together as, yeah. like, leads just disintegrate. Or I, I still think they need to make another move for depth. Like, I still think they need yeah, to. Yeah, we're not done. I mean, obviously, this is not the team that's going to go into the playoffs. Yeah, so. there's going to be some stuff. Some stuff happens. Come on out, make it, make it work. Chuck, what's going on with the Flyers, man? Uh, I don't know. Do we have to talk about the Flyers? The Sixers are so much more fun. <laughs> nope, we don't have to talk yeah. about the Flyers at all if you don't want to. I mean, it's, not, it's just kind of like a ho hum week, like another yeah, like a decent one, win. Yeah, I thought one, the win against one. I thought the win against Buffalo was pretty good. Yeah, nice little comeback win. Yeah, the, and the comeback against uh, Columbus, you know, that was encouraging. You know, they fell down three nothing, tied it, or I think three nothing, something like that. And then solid, a solid ten seconds of overtime. Yeah, that was that was bad. And the the Buffalo win was a good win. You know, um, Giroux's been on a tear lately, and then. Today was miserable. Seven-one loss, <laughs> and <laughs> if you if you weren't paying attention because you were watching the Eagles, uh, the Flyers lost seven to one um, to Winnipeg. 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 Oh, Winnipeg's <laughs> real, real good though. They are, and um, the first period, the Flyers actually outplayed Winnipeg. Uh, pretty damn handily. Uh, and we're Connor, on like a Western Canada road trip right now, right? That's a tough road trip. It is a tough road trip. Um, and Stolarz won yesterday, so uh, he got the rest for the first period at least. Um, and <laughs> Michael Neuvert was back in net, first time in ages, second time all year, and he let up three goals on ten shots. And, and now he's back on the deal with a lower body injury. I'm surprised I haven't seen that. <laughs> but yeah, he will be. Just retire, man. Retire. You seem like a nice human being. The Flyers will give you a front office, front office job now that me and Mr. Hextall is gone. Just retire. But but that I mean, it was the right play, the right call to start him. You can't just run Stoli into the ground. He's limited experience in the NHL. He's on this tough West Coast trip. You don't want to start off by doing back to backs in Buffalo and Winnipeg. It's not like that. It's not like it's around the corner. It's going from Buffalo to Winnipeg. And so, ugh. Chuck, uh, question: if, if the goal is to get Coach Q in here, 
Um, and he's not going to come until next season. Like he's not coaching this season. Do you just ride Hackstall out the entire year? Or is there some point we just say, all right, l- let's just see what we could do this year with something different. Uh, that's a good question. I would say it comes down to the way the players are performing, like throw goaltending out of it because the, the goaltending has been crazy. But if, if they show a real lack of heart that they've, that they've shown sometimes they, you know, you know, that phrase, like there's no quit in this team. There's plenty of quit in the flyers. There is plenty of quit in the flyers because up until it became three one, they really were the better team today. Yeah, and then it was just like, oh, what are you gonna do? And it became seven one in a hurry. Like it was just they gave up. We've gotten blown out so many damn times this season, and I get it. It must be frustrating to go. We can't buy a save. What's our plus minus? I wonder. Oh, I don't even know. Uh, the goal <laughs> differential is not good. Um, oh yeah. You know, we we score a fair amount of goals, not as many as we should. We let up a ton. We have the worst goaltending in the league statistically. Nice. Um, our penalty kill got a little better. But to, to answer your question, I think, yeah, I think if Hacksaw's obviously a lame duck, you, you get rid of him, put the interim tag on somebody else, even if they're just as bad or worse. Right. Who cares? Just you, you, you can't have him there. You have to do something. And this time, eight years ago, that's when we fired John Stevens and brought in Laviolette, and he turned around the season. Not after yeah, you know, minus ten in the goal differential, twenty second, yeah. twenty second in the league. That's not bad. All right, and this team has a lot of talent. It's just. We, if we want to make the playoffs, we have to start winning and winning now. If we don't make the playoffs, let's just fucking lose. Let, let, let's lose for Hughes. You know, <laughs> uh, see, see if it's just frustrating. And, you know, the only change we, we changed one coach, um, you know, assistant coach and brought in the GM, you know, changes will be happening. It's just when you go one, one and one, with one great win, one great loss, and then one overtime loss, that was a bit of a combination. It's it's just hard to get excited about this team. Um, the only other thing I really want to touch on was Carter Hartwatch. I was going to say, oh, I know your motto was was let's uh, let's tank, or what would you think, tank for Hank? <laughs> Lose for Hughes. Lose for Hughes. I was thinking I, I, we should we should I'm not tre- there yet. I'm not there should, yet. But... We should tread water for Carter. I think that that's. <laughs> Well, I think that's exactly what we're doing, unfortunately. Fart for heart. <laughs> no, that's okay. But in his last three games, he had a uh, nine point, sorry, point uh, nine two nine save percentage, a point nine four three save percentage, a thousand, a hundred percent save percentage. Uh, and his last game with having a shutout, letting up only four goals in the last three games. Um, so that's that's looking like the Carter Hart we drafted. That's looking like the the guy who's the the future of the team. So that's encouraging. Um, you know, always kind of knew that he would eventually turn it around in the AHL, but you know, 
crazier things have happened with goalies in Philadelphia. I just think if you bring them up, it's going to be some sort of infusion of energy. Man, the defense is with Ghost and Bring Morgan Frost up, too, while we're at it. It's not that easy to bring players up from juniors. It becomes a big, big headache. <sighs> Whatever. You got to sign them out. Sign them out of daycare. <laughs> bring them to work. We're not on the approved pickup list. It gets. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hockey's stupid. <laughs> well, let's go to Chuck's penalty box and see what we can make not stupid. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that brilliant, brilliant transition, Dave. Uh, Gene, we'll start with you this week. Gene, who is in your penalty box? I'm going to put the Philadelphia Phillies marketing team in the penalty box because that refresh of the of the logo is lame. Snap. It is just adding dark blue to the bell. It, I, I wanted some sort of – if you're going to refresh the logo – like, let's see a real like go out on a limb, try and do something interesting. Make it extreme. Do like what the Marlins did and and flip flop your your teal for gray and and ugh. actually the Marlins did a terrible job too. But um, <laughs> I really I'm not impressed with the Phillies' new logo. I would I would have rather just stayed with the logo we got. Frankly, so two two th- I would like to say two things about this. One is it reminds me a lot of when the Braves did their refresh. Um, and you know how they used to have the red, white, and blue, and then they went to just like the blue and white, and they like switched up that blue. I don't know. It just remind. It just. I feel like every team in our division, kind of, except the Mets, has like that blue as part of their their uniform. And two, like, what the hell was with that reveal? It was like it was literally like opening a cardboard box. It was like it that, was like a creepy kid. Like it was like that scene from Seven. What is in the box? It was like a creepy kid, like creeping on his like Christmas presents and that he found in his mom's closet or something like yeah try to sell me on it like have like Gene Segura show up with the new logo or put it on gritty for God's sake (laughs) all right right, so the Philadelphia Phillies get a two-minute penalty for lack of logo ambition Uh, a two-minute penalty for lack of logo ambition Dave Dave who is in your penalty box um, I get up rather early in the morning, uh, even on the weekends. Um, and I'm out about in my neighborhood and it's like still dark out because it's winter. Um, what is with people leaving their Christmas lights on, uh, all night? Just, I, it's like, I, I don't turn them off. I can't be bothered with a timer. Uh, I just don't care. It's just like whatever. I, it's my and it's the same houses every day, so I know it's not just like an accident. Uh, what I don't understand this. It's like you could go get a light sensitive, like a solar timer uh, that will turn them on and off on like for like twelve dollars, uh, or just like a regular timer um, for re- relatively inexpensive. It or, just seems or flip a switch and or unplug them. Or like yeah, I'm going to bed. I just turn off my Christmas lights. Like, why do they have to be on all night long? It feels wasteful. That's all. <laughs> did, did you did you decorate your your house? Like, are you are you you aren't yeah. okay? So yeah, you, I got lights. And I got then, lights on the, and the, then the you front. turn your lights off when you go to bed, right? 
Yeah, see, I have this. Um, it, I, it's like you plug it in, and it's like gonna you put the extension cord into it, and it, so when it gets dark, they automatically go on, and then it's set for a, an eight-hour timer. So they go off after eight hours after they turn on. So it goes, oh, it's dark, turns Christmas lights on, and then after eight hours they go off. And I bought it for like twelve dollars. Brilliant. That that is brilliant. All right. So Dave is calling a penalty on his neighbors because Jesus may be the light of the world, but he is not green. It is a five minute major for wasting our precious resources. And I'm calling my penalty on the cowgirls. Oh, you heard me. I said it. I called the cowboys the cowgirls. Because I'm apparently in fifth grade and it's apparently 1986. Just drop it. Just drop the cowgirls as an insult. It's dumb. It's stupid. It's sexist. And it's it's not clever. It's... And I drove by a business today, um, McMahon Automotive. Uh, I think they sell used cars. It's around the corner from me. And they had their prediction. It was Eagles, like, 34, Cowgirls, 10. Like, you put that out in front of your business. Like, on the marquee? Yes. Like, and it would be one thing if it was clever. And I'm not a big basketball guy, but, like, if it was calling the Milwaukee Bucks the Doze, like if like there, that's even a, a little bit of effort. All you did was switch boy to girl. It's like, oh, they're not cowboys, they're cowgirls. Oh yeah, Chuck, who you root for? The Sheagles? <laughs> the pigeons. <laughs> I used to always get cowboy the cowboy fan impersonation. You guys root for the Sheagles. <laughs> <laughs> which i think is your best impersonation you have going <laughs> feed zeke feed zeke <laughs> so on that note cowgirls <laughs> it's sexist it's not creative and you just sound like an idiot so uh for casual misogyny you're getting <laughs> Two minutes, but it's reduced to 70% of that because of pay inequality. Something to think about. Sheagles. <laughs> Is that a thing? Like, do they really it, say sheagles? It, yeah, yeah, because I troll on cowboy blogs after we win, and then they all <laughs> <laughs> That's important to have hobbies. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um... That's all the time we have for today. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Please take a moment uh, to rate the show. If you find it in your heart with the Christmas spirit, if you're filled with Christmas spirit and want to give, give the gift of a, of a review. Uh, it'll help other people find the show and help us climb those rankings of Philadelphia sports podcasts. Um, any final thoughts, guys? Also, no. also, wait, wait, wait. Also, oh. check out our website at potadelphia.com where you can check out blog posts by, I think at this point, all three of us, right? Chuck, uh, do you just, still need to, just, just two people. Chuck, do you still need to, to, to join in? Because 
I do. All I right. do. But there are some blog posts up there. Check it out. Um, they're pretty evergreen, uh, so you can still read them even though they've been up for a couple weeks. Um, yeah, for sure. So check out the website. We uh, we try to keep content on all the different platforms. And um, and check out the Whip Around podcast, our sister podcast. That's going to be really fun. I'm going to be on there this week, and I'm sure we're going to talk about some weird, uh, strange news and Christmas-related items, and it's going to be super fun. Dr. Phil is back, and, and Sean, and it's going to be a – a real Christmas hoot nanny. All right, everybody, have a great day at work. We're going to see you next week. 